This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Malik Yawmiddin, Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-mushtaka wa bika thiqatu wa alayka al-tuklan wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim. ربي اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل عغة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأن تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صلي وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن اهتدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعا بدعوته إلى يوم الدين Inshallah ta'ala, this is a continuation of our tafsir class on, um, on Thursdays. And uh, we are doing the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah. At the moment we are at verse 88. Verse 88. So the, f- the past few weeks uh, we have been discussing the Banu Israel. And by the Banu Israel, uh, they are the children of Israel. Or in other words, the Yahud. And we mentioned who Prophet Israel was Because Israel is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Prophet Yaqub And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called him Israel In Surah Al Imran When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Kullu ta'ami kana hilan libani Israel Illa ma harrama Israel ala nafsi That all types of food were haram Or halal for the people Of Israel Except that which Israel himself made haram For himself Israel here referring to who? Prophet Yaqub so when you say Banu Israel, they are the descendant of Prophet Yaqub salam, who himself was and called Israel. And we mentioned in the previous lesson what this word Israel means. The word Isra, it means Abd, servant of. And Il in, the, in there in the, in the language would have been Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so it almost means Abdullah. Abdullah. Israel, Abdullah. Um, last week we spoke about some of the covenants that were taken from Israel and how they failed to live up to them. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us this? We mentioned two reasons. Reason number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us here is a whole ummah, a whole nation that failed to comply with the laws that they were given and as a result of it they were humiliated and punished and, and deserving of the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Like we see in the beginning of Surah Al-Fatiha When Allah talks about uh, That we ask Allah to not put us on the same path Of those who deserved Allah's anger So you're being taught This is what they did wrong Don't be like them The other reason is This is a Madani Surah And we mentioned earlier What a Madani Surah and a Makki Surah is In the beginning of our classes A Madani Surah is a Surah that's revealed After the Prophet's migration Wherever he may be and a Makki surah is a surah that is revealed before his migration. And although they're both from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, the themes they discuss and what they talk about is always different. Um, there are always some recurring themes like Tawheed and Qiyamah and, and commandments. But you will find more commandments in, in the Madani surahs. Why? Because this is when the Muslims first enjoyed some stability. And uh, because in Mecca it was all prosecution and it was more affirming their faith and sabr and showing and telling them that they are not the first nation that went through this 
And this is why you will find a lot of stories that are told about the people of the past on Makki surahs, because they are being, the Sahaba are listening to this, and they're like, yes, we're not the first one. Prophet Nuh went through the same thing, Prophet Yehud went through the same thing. So it's, it's a very normal thing that whoever comes with this message that they go through these difficulties. So this is the kind of surahs you'll find, uh, kind of themes you'll find in Makki surahs. Why am I saying all of this? Because this surah is a Madani surah, and one of the things in, in Madani surahs you'll find, which is quite interesting actually, sometimes scholars, they differ over a chapter. Is it a Makki or Madani? And then there are certain signs. If the surah is discussing hypocrites, it's a sign that is what? A Madani surah because there were no hypocrites in Mecca. If it's discussing Yehud, the Jews, then it's probably a Madani surah because the Prophet did not come into contact with Yehud until after he went to Medina. So, why is this surah heavily discussing the Yehud? Because it is a Madani surah and the Prophet is now coming into contact with them and he is being told, okay, so this is what the kind of people they are, this is their past and this is how you should deal with them and the Prophet and the Sahaba are all learning more about who the Yehud are and also Allah is telling us the stories of what transpired between Rasulullah and the Sahaba and the Yehud that lived in Medina. And here you will find a conversation, right? So earlier, last week, we talked about how they had a double standard and how they would only pick and choose which verses of the Torah they would follow. And that, and that is super clear when you see how uh, the Prophet ﷺ was very clearly described in the Torah, but they chose to hide that and they chose to not believe in that. And they would pick and choose the type of verses they want to follow. A characteristic that you see among many Muslims today That they will not They don't have the characteristic of following the Quran and the Sunnah fully And they want to pick and choose what they choose to believe in What they choose to follow And this is not how you are a Muslim And this is why the moment we finish the story of this failed nation of Banu Israel uh, That uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us don't end up like them and how they, uh, by the way, when we say they were failed, there were also many good people among them as well. In fact, the Ummah of Prophet Musa is actually, there are a lot of them are believers. Uh, so sometimes that, there's that common misconception that you would assume that all of them might, might have been kuffar or all of them were bad. No, there was a huge number of them that believed and they were good companions to Musa. And what's the evidence for that is, when the Prophet wasallam, there was a famous hadith where the Prophet wasallam is shown the day of judgment and he's shown a large mass of people. And he wishes that are his people, those that believed in him and his followers. And then he's told, no, those are the followers of Musa. Right? So while on the day of judgment there will be prophets, the Prophet said, There will be a whole prophet and with him are only two people. He managed to only convince two people of Islam. And there will be a prophet with him A group of people uh, Between the uh, nine, ten people And you will see A prophet and all he managed to give da'wah to And convince and call to Islam is one person And a prophet that didn't manage to convince anyone So compare that and contrast that with Musa Whom the prophet when he sees his followers Envies him and says Is this my ummah And then he is told no And then he is shown an even greater crowd 
And he says, this is your Ummah, O Muhammad. So who has the largest following? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah make us among those. So that, that kind of clears the misconception. Did Prophet Musa have Allah followers? Yes, he did. But it doesn't change the fact that because the Banu Israel are not just the people of Musa, they span many generations. And they committed heinous crimes, such as the murder of prophets. Right? And so last week we discussed how uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that uh, among the things that they did was they would have the double standard, they would just pick and choose the, the verse they would follow, they would kill each other when they were not allowed to, but then they would also do certain acts in the Torah and think that they are acting upon the Torah. And Allah asks the question, Are you going to believe in a portion of the book and leave off another portion? And then Allah mentions how it's because of this reason that they deserved the punishments that they got. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned how Allah gave Musa the Torah and many prophets and messengers succeeded Musa. And then Allah mentions the last prophet that was sent to Ben Israel. The last prophet that was sent to Ben Israel specifically, which was which prophet? Prophet Isa alayhi salam. Allah says, وَآتَيْنَا Isa ibn Maryam al-Bayyinat. And we gave Isa the son of Maryam al-Bayyinat. Al-Fa'il that I forgot to mention last week in this verse is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rarely, Rarely mentions Isa without mentioning his mother Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And there is a reason for this Number one, the maqam and the, the status of his mother Maryam right? She is a siddiqah She is a siddiqah And she, that is a rank that not many people get right? How, who knows a siddiqah among this ummah? Abu Bakr, a siddiqah And who else did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala call a siddiqah in the Quran? Maryam Wa ummuhu siddiqah So what does siddiq mean? Some of the scholars they say a siddiq is the one that their faith and their belief is such, at such a level The seen and the unseen is the same to them In other words, if I told you right now There's a, uh, I don't know, 2021 Ferrari parked outside You might believe me, right? You're like, why would he be lying? Most likely you've seen one, right? If you get up and see it yourself Does your belief in that increase? Right, because now what? You saw it yourself. So the scene is of a higher level of belief and, 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 and your, your conviction, is raised, it, it goes up, right? If I told you there's, I don't know, uh, Donald Trump is waiting outside. Like, okay, that's unlikely, but you go outside and you see him. Oh, okay, right? So hearing something is not the same as seeing something. Um, they say, uh, it's called the Siddiq, it's the same to them. There, for example, our faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, is firm. Our faith in Jannah and in the hereafter and in the prophets and in the past and what's going to happen in the future. Inshallah ta'ala is firm in our hearts. May Allah make us firm in our hearts. But when you actually see Jannah, that increases. Right? It's not the same. When you actually see the hereafter, that increases. It's not the same. The level of Abu Bakr's Iman was at a level where it wouldn't make a difference for him. He was walking this earth and if he saw Jannah, his Iman wouldn't even need to increase. That is a level of Iman that's why, and Allah calls uh, Maryam what? Ummuhu Siddiqa. So, Isa's mother is always mentioned with him. Isa, the son of Maryam. Except for a few places. Ya Isa, inni mutawafika wa rafi'uka ilayya. And other places. But why? To solidify the belief that he is not the son of God. What is the belief out there? Isa ibn 
uh, that he's the son of Allah. Uh, so Allah keeps on telling Isa ibn Maryam, Isa ibn Maryam, Isa ibn Maryam to solidify that belief. So here Allah mentions, Isa ibn Maryam al and we have given Isa the son of Maryam al many signs. And we know the signs in Surah Al-Ma'idah and Surah Al-Imran, Allah mentions many of his signs, such as the ability to revive the death with the permission of Allah. Uh, and others as well. In fact, some scholars, they actually number how often he did it. He did it a few times, and there are actually people that they mentioned that he revived. Uh, there is an interesting story, although it's from the Israeliyat, that he actually revived and spoke to one of the sons of Nuh, right? But I mentioned uh, in previous classes, when it comes to these stories of the Israeliyat, we don't deny them and we don't believe them. Because lest we deny something that was true, or believe something that was wrong, because these books have been altered. Um, but that's a story for another time, it's neither here nor there. So Allah mentions Isa ibn Maryam was given these signs, and he was supported by the Ruhul Qudus, which we said is Angel Jibreel. And then the nature of the Yahud was, why is Isa being mentioned? They disbelieved in Isa. The Yahud disbelieved in Isa, they don't even regard, even today, the Yahud don't regard Prophet Isa as a prophet. Right? They don't believe him as a prophet. They deny him. And this again shows you the wasatiyah, the wasatiyah, the middle path of Islam. What did the Christians do with regards to Isa? Elevate him to the status of Allah. What did the Yahud do to Prophet Isa? They denied him and they tried to kill him. And the Muslims, we don't elevate him to the status of Allah. We say he's a prophet, he's a messenger, we must believe in him, we love him, we follow uh, him in, and we believe he's going to come back. All of this. So that shows you again the, the correct path of Islam. It's not the extremism of the Yehud in the fact that they don't even regard him as a messenger or a prophet, or the extremism of the uh, Christianity and the Nasara that elevate him to the status of God. Wal-Iyadu Billah. Daib. All of this, Allah then mentions, then why is it that the Yehud are not believing? Why is it that although it says in their book, Prophet Muhammad is the messenger, what is stopping them? Look what they said. They said, وَقَالُوا قُلُوبُنَا Verse 88. وَقَالُوا And they said, قُلُوبُنَا Our hearts. Now they're speaking to Prophet Muhammad. Listen. Don't bother, man. قُلُوبُنَا غُلْف Our hearts are sealed. Locked. They're literally saying this to us. We will never believe you. قُلُوبُنَا غُلْف Our hearts are غُلْف أَغْلَف Meaning قَلْبٌ أَغْلَف is a heart that nothing can go in. And there are different tafsirs the scholar gives. Some of the tafsir of the Salaf they say وَقَالُوا قُلُوبُنَا غُلْف Our hearts are full. No more room for the stuff that you're saying, that you're a messenger. It's full, full of knowledge. We have it all. We don't need your Muhammad. We don't need your book. We have the Torah. So, this was basically their reason. قُلُوبُنَا غُلْف Whichever tafsir you go to, Allah says, no. Rather, بَلَّعَنَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِكُفْرِهِمْ Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cursed them. بِكُفْرِهِمْ بِسَبَبِ كُفْرِهِمْ Because of their disbelief. فَقَلِيلًا مَا يُؤْمِنُونَ And only a small amount of them will believe. Or so small is it in that which they believe in. We mentioned earlier, they pick and choose from the Torah, right? Even in the Torah, so little is there with that which they believe in from the Torah even. So here Allah is telling them, they said, قُلُوبُنَا غُلْفُ Our hearts are wrapped, our hearts are locked, uh, this is why, or our hearts are filled with knowledge that's to the point we don't need Joe Muhammad. Then Allah says, بَلَّعْنَهُمْ Allah, Allah has cursed him. Now one people might argue, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala curse them? And, and what does la'an mean? We chant it as cursed. But what does la'an really mean? Scholars, they say, It is to be removed far away from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, if Allah removes you away from His mercy, who can bring you back? May Allah protect us from the la'an. 
But why did the la'an happen to them? Bikufrihim. Because of their disbelief. So what came first? The disbelief or the la'an? The disbelief came first. And often Allah mentioned this. Allahu alayha bikufrihim. Allah sealed their hearts because of their sins, because of their because of their disbelief. So it's usually what happens is it is the individual that cho- chooses the wrong path, and then part of their punishment is to be kept in that in the in the in the, in the wrong path. It's part of their punishment. But they choose Allah said in the Quran, Falamma zahu when they turned away, Allah turned away their hearts. But who started to turn away first? They did. And this is why, when, uh, at first Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens your heart for, to the guidance. If you reject, then that is upon you. What does Allah say about the Thamud, the people of Salih? As for the people of Thamud, we gave them the guidance. They chose and preferred blindness over the guidance. They did. Right? So, then Allah in verse uh, 89 starts speaking more about them. وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ كِتَابٌ And when there came to them a book, the Qur'an, وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ كِتَابٌ And when the Qur'an came to them, مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَهُمْ Confirming that which they had. So did the Qur'an come to deny the Torah? Say, no, it was nothing and we don't... No, the Qur'an came to confirm it. We believe in the Torah. You can't be a Muslim if you disbelieve in the Torah. The difference between following the Torah and believing the Torah. You must believe the Torah was a book given to Musa السلام, because it says in the Quran. Now we follow the Sharia and the Quran, of course, because we believe it's been tampered, it's been corrupted. And I believe, did I mention, did I ask the question last week that if the Torah was here today? No, actually, it, was, it wasn't here. It was a different lesson, sorry. If we had the Torah today as it was, as it was given to Prophet Musa. السلام, the Torah that was given to Prophet Musa Fully preserved If we had it today And we had the Injil of Prophet Isa Fully preserved As it was the day he was given this Injil Would we be allowed to follow those books? The answer is no We wouldn't be allowed to follow those books Although then everything would be correct Why? Because the Quran is muhaymunun alayh The Quran abrogated that which came before The same way So the Quran this is why when Prophet Isa comes back, will he be ruling by the Injil or will he be ruling by the Quran? He will be ruling by the Quran. This is the final book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the Quran came to confirm those books. So Allah says, And whenever the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to them from Allah, confirming that which was with them, which was the Torah. And now Allah mentions another fact. وَكَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلِ يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And before, before Prophet Muhammad came to Medina, before even uh, Rasulullah was made a prophet, before the Qur'an came down and was revealed, before all of this, what were the Yahud doing? كَانُوا يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا They would invoke Allah and they would uh, um, claim victory and power and authority by the final prophet uh, against the disbelievers or the, uh, the, 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 the polytheists. So let me give you the background here. Who lives in Medina? I mentioned this last week as well. We had three main tribes of the Yahud. You had the Banu Quraidah, you had the Banu Qaynuqa, and you had the um, Banu Nadir. They were Jewish tribes. These Jewish tribes lived alongside Arab tribes that were polytheists. They were idol worshippers, Aus and Khazraj mainly. 
the others as well. So, the, uh, the, they would sometimes fight. And we mentioned last week that sometimes some of the Yehud would, 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 would uh, be with some of the Arabs and other the Yehud would be some of the other Arabs and they would fight each other like this. So you'd have some of, uh, Arabs against the Arabs and some of the Yehud against the Yehud. Other times the Arabs would unite against the Yehud. And whenever that happens, they would truly decimate them. Then what would the Yehud do? They would say, you wait. You wait. The time for the final prophet is close. And when that final prophet comes... When the final prophet comes, we will all destroy you like the people that came before you. So Allah is saying, are you not the same people that were so eager waiting for the final prophet? And you were before, يستفتحون, claiming victory and power and authority, and invoking this final prophet, saying he, when he comes, we will do this and we will follow him and we will be strong. And when the one that they recognized came, they denied him. And what's really interesting is the dynamic. The Aus and the Khazraj, these Arab tribes, they are constantly hearing from, the, from their Jewish neighbors, there's going to be a final prophet, there's going to be a final prophet. So they're hearing this, and they're growing up, and they're hearing this, right? And what you also have to understand is, and this is a question that scholars discuss, why were the Arabs in Yathrib? Yathrib is where Medina will be. Why were they so receptive to Islam? And why were the Arabs in Mecca rejecting Islam? Like what, 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 what's, what's the difference? And there's a lot of analysis and a lot of ways that you look at it. One of them that scholars they mention is that Allah, there's a famous word that comes across the Quran often. It's known as Al-Mala'. Al-Mala'. Those who have authority. Those who are surround, those are, those surround the king usually. Fir'aun had a mala. He had, his, he had like a, an entourage. People that he... Advisors, right? Powerful advisors. People of authority. And he would... And they would always go against the prophets. Why? Because the prophet challenges their authority. He challenges their status, right? So, the elders in Mecca, they... And this is known, they have a problem with Rasulullah becoming a prophet. Because that would challenge and change the status quo, uh, uh, who has authority, who is in charge, and they didn't like that. And not to mention that the idea of, uh, of, of, a, uh, of one God would completely destroy the economy they built upon, the, the, the idol worship, which, which when they would come, of course, there was business in them for that, right? Selling idols, right? Allowing the space for the Kaaba to, to deify and to do all of that. But what's ajib is, among the reasons why they were so worried about accepting Islam, is that they would, that would, they would say, the only reason that people come to Mecca is for the idols. SubhanAllah, among the greatest economy today in Saudi Arabia is the visitation of the Kaaba to worship who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And, and people will always go to Mecca. And that is a promise that Allah made uh, that, that will always continue. Because when Prophet Ibrahim made, built the Kaaba, he called for the coming to, to, to the Kaaba, and he asked Allah, Allah, who's going to hear me? And Allah says, Adhin, call. Adhin fi nasi bil haji atuka rijala. Wa ala kulli fajin, min kulli fajin amiq. So, wa ala kulli dhamirin. So they came from everywhere. And now you have from all over the world people come and visiting, subhanAllah, to say what? Labaik Allahumma labaik, labaik, la asharika laka labaik. 
So the beauty of Tawheed and how it manifests, manifests which is something very relevant to us, especially but Dhul-Hijjah is very close. But coming back to what I was talking about, so they knew he was a prophet and they would use that. The people in Medina, the Arabs are hearing this, when they finally find out that there is a prophet, and the, the benefit they had is they were youth, they were young. Everyone, they, you rarely had any elders, powerful elders, in the city of Medina because they all died because of the constant war. Because of the constant war, they all died. So there is almost, and it's usually the younger folks that are more receptive to new ideas. It's usually the younger folks that are more receptive to new ideas. So you have people that have been growing up in a city in, in where everyone was killing each other for generations, and then they find out there's a new prophet and there's a new faith. And this is when they go to Medina, Mecca, I mean, and they meet the Prophet wasallam and they give him the bay'ah. One of the interesting incidents that happens is that the first time the Prophet wasallam meets in secret with the envoy that came from, from Medina, and the Prophet meets them in secret. Everyone in, in Mecca is rejecting the Prophet wasallam except for the Sahaba, which are a few numbers. And now he has these seven people, that, or these twelve men that are coming, and they want to give him bay'ah, they want to believe in him. And the Prophet ﷺ is a bit weary, right? So far, everyone has been rejecting him. He, he, he brings his uncle Abbas with him. And his uncle Abbas, uh, he doesn't recognize any of these men. And the reason is, he said, where are the elders, the elders among you? They were all young men. And the elders among them, where are they? They died because of the constant battle. And perhaps because of all of the death they saw, they were ready to accept a faith that prohibits that kind of fighting. Perhaps because all of the savages they saw, and also all of the prediction they used to hear from the Yahud, who keep saying to them, what? Once the Prophet comes, we will decimate you and destroy you. So another dafi, another reason was, we need, to give, we need to believe in this Prophet before they do. And that's exactly what they did. And, they, and then the Prophet ﷺ comes to Medina. So what would be the logical thing for the Yahud to do? Yeah, you already believe in him. You were already waiting for him. Say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and follow him. But Allah says, وَكَانَ مِنْ قَبْلُ يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And they were before, uh, they would invoke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the coming of Muhammad and they would use that as a weapon or they would use it as a threat in order to gain victory over those who disbelieved, meaning the Arabs, the, 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 the idol worshippers. فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ And when there came to them, that, مَا عَرَفُوا That which they recognized, which is the Prophet, which is the Quran, what did they do? They denied it and they disbelieved in it. They rejected it. فَلَعْنَةُ May the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon who? عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ Those who deny, reject and disbelief. بِئْسَ مَشْتَرَوْ How bad is it that which they bought upon themselves or they bought بِأَنفُسِهِ أَنفُسَهُمْ For themselves and يَكْفُرُوا To disbelieve and disregard بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ What Allah has revealed بَغْيًا Because of their grudge Because of their hasad because of their jealousy, because the reason they couldn't believe in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was very simple. They couldn't believe in him, and they said because we were expecting the final prophet to be from our people. From Ya'qub alayhi salam all the way to Isa, prophets came from our people. We can't expect or accept a prophet to come from the Arabs. Allah mentions that uh, the reason they disbelieved is بَغْيًا أَنْ يُنَزِّلَ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ عَلَى مَنْ يَشَاءَ They were holding this grudge and this anger 
that Allah should give His rahmah and His fadl and His virtue to whomever He wills. Do they own prophethood to claim that only their people can become prophets? You know who had a similar problem? The, the Meccans when they said, how dare Muhammad become a prophet? There are men greater than him, more deserving of him. Right? They said, there is greater men in Ta'if and greater men in Mecca. Why would this orphan boy become the final prophet? As if they get to decide whom Allah chooses. Right? It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that chooses. Uh, um, Allah is the one that chooses whomever He gives His blessings. And Allah chose the best of mankind, Rasulullah. But there you have it. They disbelieved and they couldn't believe because of how did the final prophet become an Arab man when they accepted to be a Jewish man? So what did they, uh, what did they get in return? They returned with the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Wrath upon wrath, anger upon anger Allah's wrath became, came upon them because they disbelieved in the Torah Allah's anger came upon them because they disbelieved in Isa. Allah's anger came upon them because they disbelieved in Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, غضب بغضب على غضب. And then Allah said, "Wali kafirin and for disbelievers, adabun there is a punishment muhin that is disgracing and humiliating. May Allah protect us from it." Finally, Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ أَمَالِهِ سَتُدَمْ أَمِنُوا بِمَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ." Believe in that which Allah has revealed. What's wrong with you? Amin wa Allah. What would they say? Qalu nu'minu. We will believe. Bima unzila alayna. What's revealed upon us? We will believe in our book. We will believe in the Torah. Wa yakfuruna. And they disbelieve. Bima wara'uhu. Anything that is in the Torah. That which is in the Torah. Wa huwa al-haq. What is the truth? Musaddiqan lima ma'ahum. And it's confirming that which is with, is with them. Which is the Torah. If they say this, Allah says, say to them, قُلْ Say to them, so you believe in the Torah? And that's the only book you want to follow? And you disbelieve in anything else? Question. فَلِمَا تَقْتُلُونَ أَنْبِيَاءَ اللَّهِ مِنْ قَبْلِ Why did you murder prophets before? Does it say in the Torah to kill prophets? It doesn't. So you're lying when you say uh, that you believe in the Torah. Because believing in the Torah necessitates believing in the Quran Because of two reasons One, it is told to them in their books to follow the books that came after And two, they come from the same source They come from the same source, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So Allah is showing, and this is one of the first times and you'll see other times Allah is showing the double standards of their belief They're saying We will believe in that which we have been revealed upon us And we know full well, a few ayats before Allah said they will only pick and choose what they want to believe They will only pick and choose what they want to believe They were told to believe in Isa They refused They were told to follow Musa and we, Let's go even further back You were told to only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You worship the calf right? And the, and the golden bull And you, worship, you committed shirk You were told to be respectful of Musa You disregarded everything he said you were told to enjoy al-man and as-salwa, food, heavenly delight from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and you said, we want a farm. You were told to enter into the bait, into Jerusalem with humility, and you, you, you didn't do that. You were told to seek forgiveness, and you refused to do so. 
over and over and over again. And, and those of you that were with us from the beginning, you've seen so many signs. Literally, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala held the mountain of Tur over them. It hovered over them. The mountain of Dur was, it, it floated over their heads. And they were to Allah says, We held the whole mountain above you. And they were told, Follow that which we have given you with strength and follow it properly. And what did they do after? They disbelieved after. So this is, your, this is what you've done. So what is this claim that you follow the Torah? What is this claim that you follow the Torah? Allah says, they will say, We believe in that which is revealed upon us. And then they will disbelieve in that which was sent after. Allah says, and ask them, Why then have you killed the prophets of Allah? And which prophets did they kill? We mentioned Prophet Yahya. And we mentioned, it is said that they also killed Prophet Zakaria. And there are many other prophets they were killed. In fact, you will find in the Quran prophets that were killed, like in the beginning of Surah Yasin, and others as well. Um, and and the, the Allah mentions often that many prophets they, were killed. Can you imagine, is there, is there a greater crime than murdering the one whom Allah sent? Subhanallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ Say to them, فَلِمَ تَقْتُلُونَ Why are you killing them? If you so adamant on saying we follow the Torah, أَنْبِيَاءَ Allah, the prophets of Allah, مِنْ قَبْلِ before, إِنْ كُنْتُمْ If you truly are mu'minina believers. Um, inshallah ta'ala, I want to conclude here, but I do want to highlight one point, which is one of the verses that we're today. One of the verses that we're today, remember I said, that one of the actions that the Yehud would do is one of the actions that the Yehud would do is they would uh, say when the Prophet comes we will have victory, right? And, and we will overpower you and all of this there is a tafsir of this verse that mentions that they didn't do this they did something else and that tafsir is a very weak tafsir but it has been used so I want to clarify it they say the verse that mentions وَكَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلِ يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا And before they would use Prophet Muhammad وسلم, as a claim of victory and a threat that the case for this was and that uh, they would say Oh Allah, we ask you by the virtue of the one who you will send give us victory They would make this dua Oh Allah, we ask you by the virtue and by, by the virtue or by the one whom you will send, the final prophet, for you to give us victory. And whenever they would say this, they would be given automatic victory. And, and this is a athar that is quoted. And there are problems with it. Number one, it's a weak, it's a weak narration. It's mentioned in, in Hakim. But the problem with it is, first of all, historically, we don't have any documentations of the Yehud winning over the Arabs. Right? Winning over the Arabs and taking land. This, that's so... What are these victories as you mentioned? Also, the nature of the dua. Oh Allah, we ask you by the, man, the messenger you will send. We as Muslims don't ask Allah by anything. We ask Allah directly. But some people will claim with this verse, you see how they were doing this? Yeah, we can go and uh, see, do what is known as tawassul. Tawassul, which is to... Which is to Make instead of asking Allah directly, you go through an intermediary. But you don't believe that that intermediary itself can help you, because if you do, then you're a mushrik. 
you're a disbeliever, you fell into shirk. But you say, I'm asking Allah through. Or, or so some people say, Oh Allah, I ask you by the virtue of the Prophet, help me. Right? Or oh Allah, I ask you by the virtue of Abu Bakr, do this for me. Which is the claim that the Yehud are doing this. We mentioned that if anyone quotes Surah Al Baqarah, verse uh, 89, saying, This is a dalil that you can do this. We say to them, first of all, the narration that mentioned that is weak. Second of all, the idea that the Yehud had this magic password of victory. So whenever they want to win, they will just say, Oh Allah, we ask you by the messenger that will appear. We'll say, that's never documented. And that would have been documented. We also say that the adab of dua is to ask Allah directly. We also mention, even if this was true, we don't follow the, uh, the uh, rulings and the sharia of those that came before us. We follow the Quran and the Sunnah. And finally... Uh, we, what we, we believe that we should ask Allah directly But there is something called tawassul that is allowed And there's three types of tawassul Tawassul is when you use something else To ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala There's three ones that Allah To use Allah's names and attributes number one Allah's names and attributes At-tawassulu bi-asma'illahi wa sifatihi So you ask Allah by His beautiful names and attributes Allah says in the Quran Walillahi al-asma'ul husna fad'uhu biha Allah has beautiful names So call Allah Ya ghafar ikhfir li Oh the most forgiving forgive me That's perfectly fine Another one that's allowed is when you ask Allah by your actions. So all of us here, we should have some good deeds that we've done that no one knows about. Or maybe some people know about, but you believe that that good deed was very special. Maybe you prayed at night when no one knew about. Maybe you helped someone and you're very proud or you're very happy of that act of worship that you've done. When you're in trouble, when you really need Allah, you're allowed to invoke that and say, Oh Allah, I have done that action for you. Please help me. You're allowed to do this. And what's the evidence for this? The men that were trapped in the cave. When each one of them was trapped in a cave, and each one of them would make dua by one good deed they've done. One of them was extremely kind to his parents, and there's a story. So he said, oh Allah, I did that action for you. Please save us. So they're still asking Allah directly, but they are mentioning this good deed that they've done. And every time they did that, the rock would move a little bit. The rock would move a little bit until the third one did it, and then they had space and they could, they could go. So that's known as doing tawassul by good deeds. And finally, you're allowed to do tawassul by the dua of righteous men and women. So that is when I, you go to someone and say, brother or sister, can you make dua for me? Right? And people do this. Have you seen sometimes in mosques, brothers and sisters, there's a brother in the hospital, can you all make dua for that person? This is tawassul through the dua of the Muslims. Perhaps among this, this, this congregation over here, one of us is really close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't know this. Perhaps your dua is more accepted because of your good deeds, because of your good heart. So this is allowed as well. So what are the three types of tawassul that are allowed? Through Allah's names and attributes? Through your good deeds and through the dua of the righteous people that are alive. Don't be going to no graves and telling me that you're asking them to make dua for you. Because even if you call them, they cannot hear you. So we're talking about someone that is alive and someone you think. So this is perfectly fine. Brother, can you please make dua for me? Something we all do. Khair, inshallah. I'm going to conclude here. Barakallahu feekum. Hada wa akhir da'wana. Alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.